Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this Monday evening? I'm doing fine, but we got a lot to cover. We do. We do. It's a, yeah. I, I know before we started, hit the, before we hit the record button, you were like, this thing is now all, all of a sudden three pages. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> I mean... It, it, there was a lot that has happened. Yeah. I mean, of course, we are just going to start with the biggest, biggest thing we can, which is <laughs> Spider-Man 3 <laughs> will be called No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christmas Day. Christmas Day, yes. And, and pr- chances are we'll probably stick with that Christmas release date. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was funny that, uh, I guess, Tom Holland and several members of the ca- a few members, Zendaya and the cast were having fun with names and tea with uh, with us, and then of course they, you know, had the nice video that dropped last week with the new name No Way Home, and of course I think following up from that, Tom Holland was in a, I saw an interview where he uh, pretty much said that Toby and Andrew are, are not going to be in the film, but you know we'll see. Um, so Doctor Strange will come out after. Mm-hmm. No way. Okay, that's interesting. That that actually gives more credit to Tom Holland saying, yeah, yeah they're not, I'm the only spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Doctor, yeah. Yeah, because I, I want to say Doctor Strange, I want to say it's March 2022. Okay, I can, woo, I don't know, I don't know, the Batman will be out that month. I don't know, Doctor Strange, that's, that's <laughs> kind of a bit risky for me, okay? But, but granted, it has this really beautiful build-up that yeah. I like to call WandaVision. However, yeah. it's the way. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. And, um, and hopefully it won't be the last one with Tom, too, because he also does. He's, he, this is his last one as far as under his contract. So we shall see. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, in DC land, Superman and Lois debuted on the CW. Everyone is just saying it's raw, it's interesting. It's what they wanted in the movies, which I feel like the CW verse is used to that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Roach, like check the box, compare it to the movies. <laughs> compare it to the movies. Why, why are they doing this, this type of um, storytelling on a, essentially a teen network? I mean, yeah. that's the, like young 20 year olds and lower is the prime audience for CW. And yet it has all of these Superman or all of these superhero shows that seem to revitalize the franchise. I, I watched it. The Here's my one critique. Okay. It did not need to be two hours. <laughs> it did not need to be like this. And it wasn't even two hours. I think the yeah. runtime was an hour. Yeah, yeah, it was like about an hour, maybe 20 with commercials. Yeah, it didn't need to be that. They they really did not have to. I, 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 I saw where it was all going, and I was like, okay. But um, overall, I think that it did what a pilot should do, mm-hmm. where I didn't, I kept, for some reason, I kept thinking about the Flash pilot. Mm-hmm. And, and if you rewatch the Flash, they do some stuff. Never continues throughout the rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, I I think with this pilot, 
I couldn't pick up on anything that I was thinking to myself, that's going to change. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They they very much, it was very much just about the characters and yeah. us recognizing this as not not another Superman show, but a, a show about the Kents. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I, I did like it as far as the, uh, as far as pilots go. And The Flash is a very good comparison because... Uh, like the Flash pilot, this one definitely came out of the gate very strong. Uh, I think it definitely, in a lot of ways, it seems they have ignored Crisis. <laughs> ignored the fact that they are, well, I mean, maybe not ignore Crisis, but that they are part of the Arrowverse because I felt like it was it was almost like a, a, a reboot of the character of what we've seen up to this point in the Arrowverse. So... Um, so I, you know, so I, I, as far as thematic things about it, it, it definitely felt a little bit more grounded, and also something I'll get into with Black Lightning later. The and even on even on Batwoman we saw this week as well is what toll you being a superhero takes on your family, and I really liked that aspect of it as far as the Kents. And his dynamic, his you know, with with his son, thinking Superman was boring, but also just all the dynamics as far as just their their daily lives, trying to raise a family, all the pressures of paying bills and things that you know you normally don't see in the Arrowverse shows. So I mean, it definitely totally definitely was different, but also I think it it, it also gave us, a, you know, it really fleshed out Clark Kent as a, you know, as, as a person and, and, you know, and some of the things that he was having, having to deal with and, you know, with losing his mother and, and also having all those powers. It reminded me of a line in Superman, the movie where he's, he's like all the, all these powers and I can't, I couldn't save him talking about Jonathan when he had his heart attack. And I, I think of the same with what he's dealing with in this show. Right. Right. It it really made him appear as a father, mm-hmm. a flawed father, mm-hmm. and and which I which I like that twist because yeah. we're we're very much used to him being the a son mm-hmm. in the story, and um he has he has sons of his own to yeah. look after, and so we'll see we'll see how it goes. I mean, again, it always is going to get compared to the Flash season one because Flash season one is probably one of one of the if not the best. CW full complete seasons there mm-hmm. is yeah for sure good luck with that yeah. um, <laughs> other, also something that DC loves to do is right when they launch a show they love to talk about movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because this week felt like the best time for it to get um, put out there in the world that Black Panther comic author Tanisha Coates is is writing a Superman reboot movie for Warner Brothers, and DC J.J. Abrams is producing under his bad robot label. And no word on if Henry Cavill is returning, and that is primarily because everyone is casting Michael B. Jordan as the Superman. And I say the Superman because we don't know if it's going to be Clark Kent or if it's going to be a different version um, but I think it's interesting. I, 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 JJ Abrams is an 
is is someone who I'm kind of like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he well, doesn't have the best track record with me. <laughs> I'll, I'll I, <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, when I, when I saw this, I was like, well, it could be The Force Awakens, J.J., or it could be <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker, J.J. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the Force Awakens, I didn't even think that was that great. I think yeah. everyone that movie because of the nostalgia of it but looking back on it or my first impression of it was it's paint by numbers yeah it is it was like that entire trilogy but still yeah Yeah, maybe maybe or maybe star trek maybe uh another other where he rebooted a franchise uh and i and i thought the 2009 version of star trek in the kelvin universe was was very 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 well done so uh but you know Yes, yeah. Will. Me, neutral yeah. party. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, you know, I could easily be like one of these old heads, be like, well, okay, you know, if it's not, you know, William Shatner, then it's not Star Trek, but I'm not going to be that person. But one thing I did want to, I thought about this in an article I read uh, earlier this evening, and I tweeted it out from, uh, about Black Panther, speaking of, of uh, Denisha Coates, and uh, the whole issue of recasting, and, and, and to your point about Black, uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, being fan cast so far and the whole thing about uh, whether or not Chadwick uh, Boseman uh, whether or not T'Challa should be recast and right. it was a very this article um, was really made some really excellent points that uh, really if they really wanted to honor um, the character and, and Chadwick is to is, is indeed to recast because and speaking, and I thought about this in the context of Superman. We've had, and our, you know, we talked about Henry Cavill. We've had multiple actors play this character, even after, you know, obviously Christopher Reeve had his accident, and you know, Brandon Ralph came in and took over. Uh, but yet, for you know, made a point with, in particular, with African American heroes. Uh, why can't we do that with 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 T'Challa? Right. And right. And it's a really good piece. Go to my personal page. I, I tweeted it there and retweeted it from our show account. Really, really thought-provoking on, on, on this, especially in the context of talking about reboots and recast. One, one thing I want to point out, though. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the way you just said it, it you made it sound like um, Christopher Reeves got in an accident, and then the very next day, Brandon Ralph I know, but my point – fair, fair <laughs> I enough. I get your point. I completely get your point, yeah. but I just say there was a time gap there. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's one of the things this article makes the point that they could, you know, given that we've heard the news that they're going to do a Wakanda show, you could like use that time period to give a little bit more space between Chadwick's death and and Black Panther too. So, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I I think that at the end of the day, they're, they're initially and i think it was just the shock of it all Mm -hmm. like okay how do we proceed given this tragedy that has occurred and 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 being respectful but also not like moving on too quickly Mm -hmm. and i think that's where feige and and marvel are kind of like it's a balancing act yeah so so i even if they don't immediately recast him for black panther 2 I, I still don't think like it's not it's not something that maybe once there's more more breath 
between between um, Chadwick's passing and and when we get the new T'Challa, I, I I think they'll return to that well is what I'm trying to say. It, yeah. it just um and, and in Feige we trust. Exactly. So. Exactly. I don't know when the right time is to go back there and and do the recast because yeah there you're just withholding another opportunity you mm-hmm. know for another star. Yeah. And that's not what Chadwick was about at all. So Exactly. And speaking about Chadwick, he is the winner of a glo- Golden Globe. And so are a lot of other people. Some other people I want to worth noting is basically the cast of The Crown. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and we knew it. Yeah. We knew that season. The actor and the actress who play Charles and Diana is like, yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> they, they carried that show. <laughs> they really did. They really did. So did Julian Anderson, I have to say. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I just wish her husband would have gotten something, too, because he he killed me whenever he appeared on screen. But yeah. I'm very happy for them. Um, surprisingly, all I've been hearing, all I've been hearing for months now, Will, is this talk about promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Promising young woman. Yep. And, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. But I was very shocked when this other film that I had heard about, but not nearly as much as the other two, um, called No Man Land, basically just felt like it swept a lot of stuff. It did. It got the notable, yeah. I mean, it got the two biggies. I mean, it got director and yeah. and, and, and motion picture. Francis won too, right? Um, I think so. I think so. I have to go back and look at the list. I, yeah. What, well, is she becoming the next Meryl? Like, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The other, the other notable uh, ones I had noted is, was, uh, of course, Aubrey Ray for Aubrey Day, excuse me, uh, for winning U.S. Uh, Billy Holiday, and uh, only the second black actress to win uh, in like 35 years after after Whoopi won, I guess, for uh, was it Sister Act or a color, oh, color, color Purple. Um, but, Probably the color. Yeah, I would yeah. think the color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah. I knew she. I can't. Re- I can't recall which one. Um, but uh, I guess time. Timing wise, yeah, that would be about right. And then wait, wait, ghost. It was ghost. It was ghost. That's right. That's right. It was ghost because color purple. I think. I I have to look this up now. Was, I'm I'm really gonna kick myself. But I think Color Purple is almost notable as having all of these nominations and winning hardly anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was just very very strange. But anyway. Yeah. 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 There was that. There was that, and then of course, um, yeah, they know the you know the comedy category. Schitt's Creek got its uh, Golden Globe win as the parting gift since it's obviously finished up this past year as well. So. Yeah, I it's still so I am treating awards season very much like how my dad treated the football season. Mm-hmm. It's a fake season. Yeah, okay? because the timing is just messing with my head and it doesn't feel real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we've gotten so few like the fact that we've gone without the cinemas for pretty much a year now. It just everything about this feels so 
removed and isolated that I'm I'm very much not I I don't I'm not like in previous years where I was all about it. So Yeah, yeah. Same, same. I mean I did what yeah, but I did catch Judas in Black Messiah. Very good film. Me too. I watched it too. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, it's proof of why I, I never understand history teachers. They're like, you can't learn history by watching movies. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> sometimes those movies are really well done yep. and better and more interesting than the actual history book. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go and rewatch Hamilton. Thank you very much. That's my... <laughs> um, all right, well, why don't you walk us through what's going on in Freeland these days? So, episode 4-3 of Black Lightning, the Book of Reconstruction. Quick um, quick recap of, on this particular episode. Uh, again, solid solid outing for, for Black Lightning this week. It was uh, several several notable things happened. Uh, first, uh, of course, Jefferson is still in, in a really bad place uh, as far as Henderson. And and Lynn is also still experimenting on herself, trying to uh, be uh, someone who can help Lightning and Thunder keep order in the Freeland streets. Because Jefferson has completely hung up the the costume; he's given it back to Gamby. He's done. He's, he doesn't have anything to do with Black Lightning, which, of course, just like we saw in the first season, now the one hundred and uh, Tobias and, and the gangs are, of course, getting control again in, in Freeland. So, uh, and to that one, to that point, uh, Lala actually set up a, 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 a MMA cage style fight club uh, that he was actually streaming over the internet so people could like place their bets. And uh, the teacher that Jefferson uh, was, who lost their son in last week's episode due to the crossfire between all the gang wars. Uh, he had given Jefferson an excuse that he was a bouncer, but actually he was in the in La La's Fight Club, and Jefferson tracked it down and uh, ended up in La La's Fight Club uh, against this opponent who uh, was La La had you know, basically put in to base, to basically beat anybody so he could you know, obviously control all the winnings in the purse when people made bets on these fights. So, so that was a very interesting thing as, as far as you know. Jefferson hanging up his costume as Black Lightning, but he's still going around being a crime fighter, but it, but not as Black Lightning, but as Jefferson Pierce, utilizing his Black Lightning powers. So yeah, so so there was a lot of talk with that going on this week. Another really interesting thing, as far as his bringing this show into the larger fold of the uh, DC Arrowverse, is. Uh, Lynn, whenever she was in her therapy session, talking about her family, and she she notes that uh, her her brother had dropped out of college and joined the army. And of course, Lynn's last name is Stewart, and we learned in Arrow that you know, it was General Stewart who adopted Diggle. And oh. yeah, so they made a canon in this show this week that uh, that Lynn and 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 Diggle. Our, our brother and sister, so which I thought was like, well, as soon as I heard it, I was like, what? They did it. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. I was like, you know, we had theorized about it for, for a while and wonder if that was going to make that happen. So, uh, so Green Lantern is coming, y'all. Green Lantern is coming. <laughs> and, and so there was that. And, uh, of course, Thunder, um, 
and Grace, uh, Grace finally woke up from her coma, and they they finally did were able to tie the knot. And uh, Gamby is playing it with fire with his new girlfriend. Of course, uh, he uh, was able to get one of the direct energy weapons that her company was was building. So, you know, of course that that is going to end up blowing up in his face at some point. And uh, speaking of things blowing up, Jennifer. Uh, was given the faux news treatment as far as her, her antics as, as far as one of the local media shows was basically uh, doing a hatchet job on on on, on, on lightning and and um, Jennifer decided to create her own narrative and, and set up social media accounts so you know that that's definitely not going to end well either uh, but uh, that's something that some that did take place this week, and then the biggie uh, was Jefferson and Lynn were trying to patch together their marriage, and he, he tried he arranged a date night for her, and then Lynn gets to the restaurant, and Tobias is there, and they get and Tobias was like, "Come on, let's have dinner, let's talk," and so Lynn sits down, Tobias offers her a all the funding and and materials that she needs to be able to cure. Uh, cure disease and of course Jefferson walks in and we fade to black because he heads out of the restaurant pissed off so lots going on with Black Lightning hopefully they'll be able to tie up all these threads uh, that they are they're dropping this season because and I hope they do it it's not one of those like quick resolution things because there's a lot going on in the show right now yeah I really I appreciate how you just broke all that down very straight face very calm cool and collected and I don't know if the listeners fully understood your last point. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it from the um, our rundown. Um, <laughs> this is what Will meant to say. So if he didn't, he 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 put on the rundown. Tobias has an indecent proposal for Lynn, and Jeff walks in. <laughs> the images that run through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I did. I was. I was talking from memory. I didn't look for the at the notes. <laughs> but oh I, just, I was just listening to you, and I said, "Is he gonna say that?" And he and he didn't. And I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm gonna make sure our listeners know yeah, <laughs> your yeah. truth." Yeah. <laughs> That's whenever I was watching. I was making the show notes as I was watching the episode, and I, and I, and I made that note at the at the beginning <laughs> instead of seeing how it ended at the end. <laughs> Cliffhangers for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, in Gotham, we got a brand new episode. Our last for two more weeks as it goes on um some hiatus, but don't worry, that just means we got time for the Flash next time. Exactly. Um. This episode, I don't know about this season. Hmm. There, I don't know if it's slow or something. This episode, I, I kept thinking, and I blame Will as always. Will puts <laughs> things in my head, and then I watch <laughs> these shows, and I can't get them out of my head. Because you're, all of your points about Alice last week... <laughs> I I was so distracted this week watching the episode. <laughs> thinking, damn it, Will is so right. Alice does not belong in the story anymore, and it's really, it's not good. 
that it's were... very noticeable now. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing: I will completely do. I will completely blow your mind this week about Alice. So. <laughs> really? Well, go ahead, do yeah. it. Well, I, I agree with you. Let me just first say that I I, I agree with you that this episode and the other thing that hit me was we're already at the sixth episode with this season yeah it's going back quick yeah it is it really is and i felt that it did for me it started off slow this week mm-hmm. and then but it especially when they were doing the work trying to use the desert rose antidote uh and it just seemed like i don't know it just took me a while to get into the episode uh, and, yep. maybe, and but once I did get into it, it I, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty solid outing uh, overall, uh, even the Alice story, uh, because the reason why this week Alice worked for me was because she was classical Alice. Was she? She was. I th- yeah. I mean, beat by beat, the things that makes Alice interesting, uh, I, I felt helped carry the story forward this week because they did tie I felt this week they did a better job of tying the map the Napier map painting into uh-huh. the overall story better this week. So so I will I will see your point, but I I think there was one moment that was classical Alice and it was very, very, very end. The mm-hmm. last like two minutes I was like, okay, Alice yeah. partially back. Yeah. But for, for whatever reason, I think that the um, why she didn't stand out as much to you this week is because because of the painting, not so much of her, mm-hmm. but the painting and Ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, Ocean suddenly got connected to Angelique, which connects Angelique to Ryan, and suddenly we have more motivation. Like, there, there really are moving in a way where Ryan is 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 being pushed into the center of this whole web mm-hmm. um, um, with Sophia and the cure, which which is something that, for whatever reason, the thought this always happens to me when I watch Batwoman. At the very beginning, there's a few scenes, and then I think to myself, "Oh, I wonder if they're gonna use the cure yep. on on Ryan, mm-hmm. the Kryptonite." And oh, okay. I yeah. see where we're going now. <laughs> yeah, I had that same thought this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> I see where we're going now. Very anticlimactic, but which I agree. I think I think oddly enough, this episode does a really good job with tying these these ends that for the past few episodes have have felt very disconnected and trying to bring them together. To be, bring everyone on the same page, but at the same time, for whatever reason, it was really hard to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like um, yeah, I don't know. This it was, it was, yeah. I don't know if this is the way it was edited or. Uh, oh, I got about the editing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 what it was, but yeah, it just seemed that it. Yeah, it, with the kid, and and then of course the the the, the um, person in the asylum who was um, who who needed the cure to to help him with his you know with the the, op, the brain operations that Hamilton Labs did on him. It, it just seemed 
yeah, it just seemed like okay, where are they going with this? And but once you know, but like I said, once it got going, and then you know, of course, when when Jacob and and Mary are having their moment in, in the their car, in the car, in the car, and uh, of course the you know, there's something about you know, there's people get rammed <laughs> and bat and bat themed uh, products because I, I thought about I thought about when when Christian Pell's Batman like rammed a car to keep uh, the guy from making it to the TV studio to tell the world who he was. But it was, it was one of those things where, okay, it's, you know, to my point earlier in, a, in their show where we're, we're dealing with fathers not knowing or the toll that it takes on them and, and doing all this crime fighting in the case of Jacob Kane really not knowing who, who Mary was and even his, his, his widow, his Mary's mother. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know, you know, and, and maybe it ties back to his obsession with trying to find out what happened to Beth early on. You know, I don't, I don't know what calls Jacob to like lose track of, you know, the rest of his family. Was it building the crows? I don't know what it was, but I thought it was just, a through line I saw in some shows this week that um, uh, made me think about the bigger point of what doing this type of work takes on on individuals. Yeah, I, I Mary I, is always going to stand out to me, and when they do stuff with her, um, I th- I think that it's it's kind of it didn't hit as hard as in other weeks, but I still appreciated that it's, yeah, so um, dad or stepdad or whoever mm-hmm. I should call you these days because my mom isn't around anymore. Mm-hmm. We um, we only have each other left in this crazy family that we've built, and I'm running this lab, <laughs> this <laughs> clinic, this underground clinic illegally, kind of. Um, so, so I'm, and it kind of goes back to Mary's been leading this double life too, mm-hmm. that we always forget about. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that they didn't reveal an FYI, I'm working with Batwoman, yeah. but I, I think that, um, it was still just enough to kind of talk about that double life and that tool that you were, you were speaking about as well. On top of that, we have a lot of Ryan and Angelique and mm-hmm. Sophie. Um, they're totally setting up Ryan and Sophie getting together, like in a few seasons. I don't know if they can rush it. Yeah. But enemies to lovers, classic one on one. Angelique, we knew she, she was she was gonna do something, and they 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 had a heartbreaking goodbye um, because of Sophie. And what else happened? Yeah, yeah. I thought that it, I thought that was very. I saw the heartbreak coming. You know, again, like certain things are telegraphed. Like, for example, the Krypton poisoning cure being the desert rose. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you know, we we wondered what was going to be the the breaking point for for Ryan and Angelique. And and it was interesting enough the crows and I, I thought that was I, you know I thought about Lucas 
Luke's, I see I'm talking, talk, sound like Mary now, <laughs> when she was trying to call for help. I thought Luke's comment about um, Ryan being a hero really, not only where she's trying to fight a terminal disease, but also the choices, she, again, that she's been making for Angelique first years ago when she took the fall for her. And which led her to be in prison and her first interaction with the crows and Sophie. And then, mm -hmm. and then now trying to help Angelique get out of the collective and you know, setting up this deal with Sophie and, you know, and the real, you know, the big takeaway it seems with Angelique and, and, and Ryan's relationship is you know, Ryan really wants to help, but Angelique is just a person that won't, won't accept that help. And, and the other piece to it is as well is given how Brian was so like burned it all down with the, with the, with the crows to, to Mary and, and Luke. And, and she had the conversation on the rooftop with, with Ryan, with Sophie, with, uh, with Sophie as well. Uh, now actually partnering with, them to to try to to help Angelique. So, uh, it yeah, I think to your point, it, it, it is maybe setting the stage for them to uh, have a romantic relationship. But I think a lot of things have to happen for that to ha to, to to transpire. Uh, and one of those is Sophie having to really come to to terms with the organization that the Crows is. Well, the organization that the Coro is and and her grief over Kate. Yeah. I think that I think that's what this season is building up to. Yeah. And then next season will be the season of romance. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they the You're, signs are all good. Yep. Signs are all good. Yeah. They, and they do um, have great chemistry on screen together too, so that they, definitely They do. I would argue they have better chemistry than her and Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> them together yeah. of Ryan and, or Sophie and Kate together I never was I was like ah this is way too forced yeah yeah um but so I hope they take that lesson and don't force this and just allow it which they are doing a good job of right now right now they're doing a pretty good job because like you said they, there's a lot of other stuff going on um to prevent that being the focus mm -hmm. um but I think that is it for us on Batwoman um, because we got a very big episode of WandaVision together. Yeah. And by episode, I mean previously on, so we're basically talking about MCU history. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, this episode is what I needed, I've needed for the past two weeks from WandaVision mm -hmm. because the 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 again breaking these episodes crafted in such a way that pays pays homage to classic tv episodes so mm -hmm. to have this kind of flashback um version or or like this take on almost it, it's a wonderful life um or or Ebenezer versus scrooge and all of that I think was so, so well done because they allowed, they, they did it so that A, we could figure out how Wanda got to Westview mm -hmm. 
and B, also do a lot of retcon for the MCU, mm-hmm. and we'll get there. And then also just tell an origin story yeah. that you, you, we honestly didn't even think we A, needed or wanted. But for some reason, when you're watching it, you're just like, this is why I liked her so much in Infinity War. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And and the, the the moments that they chose, they they didn't feel they didn't feel extensions of things that we've already seen. They felt very honest to both what we know about Wanda mm-hmm. and and WandaVision itself. Mm-hmm. Like the the crafting the shows that have been um, alluded to with how this season has unfolded with Mary Tyler Moore and Malcolm in the Middle and planning them through these flashbacks, you're just like, okay. Yeah. They, they they went so freaking meta. Oh, my God. Yeah. They did. They did. Yeah. Um, so I agree that this really did do a marvelous job of just basically I guess for me it it validated why I have come full circle on this on on this from when when we started watching this show Mm -hmm. Uh, to your you know one of the points you made was you know again building on all the various sitcom tropes and 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 one of the other classic sitcom and even show tropes a lot of times is to do the do the flashback episode. Yep. And 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 so we got that one this week. And as far as origin stories, I remember whenever we first started talking about WandaVision, the first couple episodes, I was it was for me as a as a MCU watcher, it was like, okay, yeah, Wanda and, and Vision were yeah, they were characters in the in the story, but not ones and they had moments, notable moments in the story, but they really it did a marvelous job over the course of the these eight episodes of really making us care about these two characters in the MCU in a way that we now, in a way that people do about Tony Stark, in a way they do about Steve Rogers. Now, I feel, and the numbers the metrics bear it out. I mean, people feel that way now about Wanda and vision. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, so this uh, hats off to, to, to the creative team and, and, and the way they structured this, this series and, and a very linear storytelling this time in, mm-hmm. in, in, in this particular episode. Yeah. I mean, you, we, we should just, do a retcon of Captain America Civil War and replace the Peppercross scene with the scene in this episode about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's something that looking back on, up until this point, we never really did see her grieving the loss of her brother. No. And and on top of that, I from what I heard, a lot of people have gone back to Age of Ultron and rewatched that movie because the mo- the motivation of the twins originally is very like okay, 
we we have no connection to you and your family, so it's going to seem a bit thin. Mm-hmm. But watching the scene play out, you see the the loss of innocence and and everything in that moment. And that that maybe not the loss of innocence, but the loss of a the the sta- what life could be or what life what a family should be that has been shown to them mm-hmm. while watching all these old TV shows. Yep. Like the white picket fence yep. idea, mm-hmm. um, which, which is beautiful and, and is a lot of what we've already speculated. We've already speculated that this is about grief and TV is a way people escape some of their, their um, biggest emotions and remind and, because it's a safe place because everything works out and yeah. nothing is real. And, and they talk about that a lot throughout this and, and Agatha, I love Lizzie, Lizzie Olson. Um, all, all of her true fans call her Lizzie, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> if I, I hear Chris Advance call her that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think, I think Elizabeth Olson is, is like, this is her episode. Mm-hmm. I do think though, Catherine Hahn, without her, just the the sprinkle of Catherine Hahn that you get in every single beat, and and the way that Marvel that they've constructed not only the story about Wanda, but they've used Agatha in such a way that you're 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 also realizing along the way, so. Last week was a farce, mm-hmm. and it wasn't Agatha all along. It's been Wanda mm-hmm. all along, and and Agatha is just here because she's been trying to figure everything out, just yep. like the rest of us. <laughs> yep, exactly. And that's what's so great about this show. I mean, you know, we, we talked a few weeks ago about how Jimmy and Darcy were, or us, and now... Mm-hmm. And now it's you're so right. It's Agatha. Now we're Agatha is us. We're trying, you know, all these like little, all these Easter eggs, all the things they throw out every single weekend. We're very spiraling, and they get all blown to hell. Agatha's that person now, and and I and 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 you're right. I, I was talking with someone who was disappointed that Monica wasn't in this episode, and they didn't need to be. This this really yeah. had. To folk, it really, to your point, it really was Wanda all along. And for this episode to work, it had to pair off Agatha and and Wanda solo, so they could really explore and get into the deeper depths of the things that we've been getting. All these, think you know, all the tie all these commercials, the start toaster. I mean, you know, the, the bomb being the the toaster, the the yo yo magic and 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 Agatha's. Uh, taking her back to the scene that we saw at the end of uh, of, of uh, Winter Soldier, where we first introduced to to Wanda and her brother, and 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 the heart and the heart. The oh yeah, and the, the, oh that, my god, yeah, <laughs> the heart on the calendar, which we learn is 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 pretty much. The heart on a on a note to Wanda about this is um, this is where yeah. to grow olden yeah be. People, yeah to Vision. grow olden yeah yeah I mean Vision had bought a plot uh, yeah he bought this lot 
and you know that and that that you know the heart from the what you know we were all like thinking what does this heart mean in the first episode and what does and all and we we get the answer it was them to a space where they could retire and from being superheroes and 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 grow old together and 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 that was another beautiful thing about this episode when we we see the moment that uh wanda and, and vision fall in love uh, mm-hmm. and you know again it was as we talked about before it was a place of grief and of course i mean everyone is you know, i mean clearly the 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 big takeaway line uh in addition to the grow old and uh from the week is uh, but what is grief is it not love persevering yeah uh i mean damn <laughs> i mean i you know I had to stop for a moment when I when I was watching that for for various reasons, you know, obviously just recent, you know, at least with my father, but mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it, it that you know such a simple line but so profound. Right, right. It's it's classic vision from Age of Ultron. Yeah, it really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we all that that movie is well that movie, mm-hmm. um, but everyone remembers. Vision and Ultron talking yep. at the very end. At the very end, yep. and, and Vision's best moments are when, and and you'll appreciate that is when he goes full data on mm-hmm. you. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it just speaks the truth, even though he has no ability to understand humanity because he's not human. Yeah. And 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 so I I think that's why that line in particular just hits home because it's a classic Vision line that is just pulls you back into how on earth do you do you have a woman fall in love with a robot yeah. well he, that robot says things yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. and he, um, yeah, he says things yeah go ahead i was just gonna say that's not the only magic trick that this episode does because something that blew my mind is you know i remember when they were first announced we're gonna have Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch and and everything. But I think even when Ultron was first dropped, there was speculation. Will will they ever call her the Scarlet Witch? Right. And and that there's been so much time removed mm-hmm. that that debate has like kind of just ended. Mm-hmm. And so now in this episode, that's the last line that Agatha says. This is chaos magic. You're the Scarlet Witch. And we're just like, they Damn, said it? They said it. <laughs> this is what this episode and this pretty much up until this point in this season has been building to? Just that name drop? Mm-hmm. And why am I so satisfied? Because it's freaking awesome. <laughs> it was. Yes. Totally. It totally was. Because up to this point, yeah, we all called her that. But again, how meta the show is. And also, yeah, her, Agatha dropping that and... Boom! It was like dropped the mic. That was like I, I literally was like I like started clapping. I was like they did it. <laughs> it's such a bizarre thing to feel satisfied over because this whole time we're like oh Dormammu or yeah these other people might come in and she's gonna call them out and then no 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 it's it's not about them right now it's about Wanda it's about and Wanda. who Wanda really is which she's a Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I, which I just, I thought was such a 
funny thing, or not even a funny, but just this way of where, again, this this balancing act that they've been doing of all yeah. this love loss mm-hmm. exploration through this episode. Yeah, and then it goes straight back into, but but whoa whoa whoa, this is still the MCU. So yeah, we're gonna drop some some names for you, yeah. some power, some abilities, and then and then also you know we can't we can't fully go non vision, so we have to bring him back to life. Yep. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I. But you know. But again, how how well they just pulled all the threads together because I. Because with, with with Hayward manipulating the situation, and because because at the and, and also I guess a failure on the part you know, it, it, of of maybe the adventures and how reckless or or maybe it wasn't that maybe they they just you know since he was a part of sword, sword and and which is an outgrowth of Shield and the whole. And, and thinking to the bigger point of the, the Sokovian Accords, and um, and, and thinking back to Civil War, of course, you know, Vision siding on on the side of of Tony Stark, and I guess they, they were able to instead of giving Vision a proper funeral, you know, he, he, he you're right. I mean, it reminds us the point that he is a robot and he is a a, a creation. And and uh, you know, I think back to the episode where Hayward was like Wanda breaking into the lab, and of course we see actually what actually ends up happening. He did, she she didn't still take Vision's body; she, they they kept it mm-hmm. to 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 build a weapon. And he says, "Look, while they're having that conversation, which was you know where he again he was manipulating the situation with Wanda whenever she went to the Sword headquarters." You know, we can't let 40, you know, we can't let millions of dollars of that vibranium go into the ground. And, and, right. and, 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 and he plants these various things in her because I don't know if he was going to use that to maybe have her conjure up, you know, given that Vision did get his original powers from the Mind Stone and Wanda, presume, you know, we learn also she got her powers, at least. At least they were awakened by the Mind Stone. Yeah. And so much freaking retcon. They yeah. did. They even retconned the show itself mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. <laughs> they like, did. They, they retconned within a retcon. Yeah. We thought we showed you her stealing his body. Yeah. We didn't show you that. We just led you to believe we, that. Yep. And this is actually what happened. Mm-hmm. And and it's like we led you to believe that Tony Stark's missile just didn't go off, which still we're going to let you think, well, maybe she already had the powers and yeah. she did something. So it's just, they, I don't know. Why didn't they just call this retcon? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's previously on. <laughs> previously on. But wait a second. We're going to retcon what yeah. we previously showed you. Because yeah, they yeah. retcon past Future, present, everything. Everything, yeah. But also, one little other note I was thinking about that is sort of hanging out there, especially when we see the white vision at the end in the in the mid-season credits, is uh, Darcy finding that computer program whenever she hacked into the heck into their swords system. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was that file that she was trying to, to, to learn more about. So I, you know, I think that file is probably tied to, to the white vision. Yeah. Yeah. See, see that we were just talking about a show that we love and that has great writers, but the, the episode pulled together and I'm talking about Batwoman mm-hmm. pulled together points in a way that didn't engage us. It was like a lot of exposition, some action, and just like kind of pulling everything together. This episode did that same thing. The difference, though, is I never was bored. Right. Or And I never felt like I was thinking too much. I was just letting things happen. Mm-hmm. Like. Like you, you, we shouldn't be watching the shows to be like, oh, let me just think about why they put that there, so that then I can basically tell myself what's going to happen instead of actually just watching it all unfold in front of me, which is what Wandavision did this week. Is it's like, nah, we're gonna retell you these stories, and for some reason, it's not going to be boring, even though you quote unquote already know this. Mm-hmm. No, we're gonna, we're gonna replay it in a different way, share some new insights, and then just be like, bam, she's a Scarlet Witch. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, and even, yeah, and, and all fan fan and non-fan of comics alike love that moment. You, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so satisfying. I mean, we, you know, clearly you and I know that that's what she was being known by, but if you came to the show with no previous history of, of Marvel, then you're equally satisfied. It's just, even when she was saying it, I was like, I was like, where's she going with this? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, it's like, wow. Yeah. After all the people who are like Mephisto were like, she's going to say Mephisto. And then she was like the Scarlet Witch. And they were like, boom, my mind just exploded. <laughs> no, no theories about that. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> Well, I think that is it for us tonight. Yep. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K on Twitter. And you can find me at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Good night and geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>